I don't think I've ever had to talk this much. It kind of felt like running a marathon where I hadn't done enough training. Well, I was told that I had trouble pronouncing haphazard, because apparently you don't say haphazard. What I enjoyed recording was my enthusiasm for the over-the-top melodrama for which I have a decided taste. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet New York Times tech reporter Kashmir Hill, podcast hosts Jarrett Hill and Trayvell Anderson, and film professor Foster Hirsch. Tune in to hear how these authors weave together history and popular culture, from AI facial recognition to black vernacular to the most iconic movies from the 50s. Enjoy. Hi, this is Kashmir Hill, author of Your Face Belongs to Us, a secretive startup's quest to end privacy as we know it. I wrote my book because I was obsessed with the story of Clearview AI and what the company had done. I broke this story when I was very pregnant and about to give birth. And even after I gave birth to my daughter, I couldn't stop reporting it out. At one point, I had her in the ergo. She's a couple of weeks old, and I'm bouncing her while I'm on the phone with this billionaire, John Katsimatidis, asking him about using the app to identify his girlfriend's suitor when they walked into a restaurant he was in. I have been writing about privacy for more than a decade, and Clearview AI and this incredible app that they built, scraping billions of photos from the internet to kind of recognize anybody just felt like the culmination of so many dangerous things that I've been reporting about for the last 10 plus years. You know, just the way that these dossiers have been built on us online, the way everything we do is tracked, you know, like every time you use your phone, every time you go on your computer, every website you go to, there's these cookies, it's gathering information about you. And we now have kind of all this data that's been gathered about us that we have so little control over. With an app like Clearviews, it means that all that data can be associated with your face, that these kind of vast dossiers that have been built online are now directly connected to who we are in the real world. And that is just chilling. It's like we can never get away from bad things in our past. So I felt like I needed to go deep on this and explain to people how this all happened and how we got here. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhausting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had to talk this much over a four-day period, and my voice just wasn't used to it. And so it kind of felt like running a marathon where I hadn't done enough training. The first day, my voice was really tired. But by the third day, actually, it felt pretty exciting. It was fun to reread my book and get to be the one telling the story. I realized I had trouble pronouncing vigilantes. I kept wanting to say vigilantes. And my director informed me. So now I know it's vigilantes. 
My favorite section to record was the story of Robert Williams, a man who was arrested wrongfully based on a bad facial recognition match. And I think that that chapter is really powerful in talking about, you know, what can go wrong with this technology. You know, I just spent a lot of time with him and and it really explains to somebody who's never been arrested before, you know, what happens, how confusing it can be, how little information you get. I just think his story is a really important one to keep in mind as we think about the benefits that come from facial recognition technology. When it goes wrong, it can just be really devastating for somebody. I prepared for the audiobook recording by drinking a lot of water the weekend before and just spending more time than usual reading books to my young daughters because when I read to them, I kind of perform to them. I do voices of the characters. So I just tried to kind of get myself into the mindset of being a good narrator. If I had to record the audiobook again, I would bring some kind of throat tea. You know, I social media about recording the audiobook, and everyone said I needed to get this throat recovery tea. And I went to the local grocery store, and they didn't have it. So yeah, if I had to do it again, I would order that in advance. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast either Sigourney Weaver, because I love her voice and the kind of energy she brings to kind of dystopian portrayals of the world, or maybe the three seers from Minority Report who could just kind of chant the book in alarm. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was The Girl with All the Gifts. It was a beautifully written book. I tend to read kind of zombie, dystopian-type novels when I'm reading fiction, and the narrator just had such a lovely reading style. And I looked her up knowing I'd have to answer this question. Her name's Finty Williams. She's an actress, and randomly she's the daughter of Judy Dench, but she just has a beautiful, beautiful voice. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is on long car trips, road trips, and when I'm running. I love a good book to kind of make the miles disappear. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. In the summer of 2016, in an arena in downtown Cleveland, Ohio, Donald Trump, a real estate mogul who had become famous hosting a reality TV show called The Apprentice, was being anointed as the Republican Party's presidential candidate Trump had no government experience, no filter, and no tolerance for political correctness. But his famous name, right-wing populist views, and uncanny ability to exploit his opponent's weaknesses made him a powerful candidate. Hi, this is Jared Hill. And this is Trayvall Anderson. And we're the authors of Historically Black Phrases, From I Ain't One of Your Little Friends, to Who All Gonna Be There? I wrote this book because of a weird thing that was happening on social media. It started off as me doing these posts talking about what these different phrases meant. 
And after a few times of doing it, it started to catch on as a thing. And someone asked me if I was writing a book, and it made me pause. And I thought, like, oh, well, maybe I am. And after pitching it for a number of different kinds of places in a lot of different kinds of ways, as a television show, as a video series, as various different kinds of different things, Travell and I had started working together on Fanti and working with the National Association of Black Journalists of Los Angeles here. And we'd had a great rapport with each other and working and on the show. And you need a little extra razzle-dazzle. It's still you my turn. You just say it that It's way. still my turn. Okay? Okay? Um, and I thought, like, Travell has a really distinctly different voice than mine and is just as Black and all of those different things. And I thought, like, oh, I'm interested in, like, the distinctions and the diversity of the way that that can show up in a book. And so... That's how, you know, really this process began. Yes, and then I came in and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Which is always fun to edit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, this is the story of how this fabulous book came before them. I came on and I, you know, I think what really helped and, like, elevated it is, like, you know, Jared's a West Coaster from the Bay Area. I'm deeply Southern, in case you can't tell, from hearing me. And so it allowed us to pull these different phrases, some that we had shared, some that were completely different, but also try to represent some other Black experiences in the language that we have as well. And, you know, somebody gave us a couple dollars to make this into a book, and we're so happy that it's out in the world. (laughs) If I had to describe what it was like to record this audiobook in one word, I would say... That word would be fun. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I would say it has been hilarious. It has been. (laughs) This has been a really cool process. And I would say, like, all the other processes can be really tedious. Having to write and having to rewrite and having to edit and having to do all of those different things. And this process, while a kind of meticulous kind of process, it was never felt tedious. That's because the book was already written. We well, just read it. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> but like we have had a fun team here. It's been fun doing this together and kind of having back and forth. Yeah, it's been a fun process. Well, I was told that I had trouble pronouncing haphazard because apparently you don't say haphazard like we say yeah. where I'm from. Haphazard? You do say haphazard? Yeah. So you make the PH and F sound. Well, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, okay. Like pretty hot and thick, like fat. I think the part that resonated with me the most was doing acknowledgments at the end, which I almost forgot was going to happen. Getting to kind of like have a moment to reflect on this whole process and the fact that the book is about to be released into the public and that this is something that will, you know, live in people's homes or at their offices or wherever they keep it and that these words will be with them, it kind of landed on me in that moment as we were reading the acknowledgments at the end. Another favorite thing, though, has been, like, having to say each of the phrases. Bussin'. (laughs) Or, I know you fucking lying. Like, going through each of them and, like, Mm -hmm. just saying them has been really fun. I'm excited that listeners will just hear the book, right? Like, the way we talk as Black folks, it is about the intonation. It is about the tone. It's not just about how it is written on the page. And so I think, like, the audiobook will legitimately enrich the reading experience of this book because you get to hear us, you know, put a little particular twang on it or give the added oomph that it needs to, like, convey the meanings that we're trying to get across. We prepared for the audiobook recording 
by we had a couple of meetings. Like, so exactly how are we going to do this? Because to be honest with you, from the very beginning, we've not really felt clear about how we wanted to go about approaching the book and translating it into an audiobook form. It was something that we imagined, like, maybe there are actors doing examples. Maybe there are various different ways to do it because we've not seen a dictionary in the way that our book is translated to audio. In our meetings here in the last couple of weeks, we've been like, what if it's just the two of us and we just do it and, like— make it a little bit more simple and clean. We also host a podcast, I feel like we should say. That's yeah. how we, you know, part of our also other work. We're used to rambling and talking on the microphones and, you know, making it do what it do. So I think it allowed us to ease into this a little bit more easily than perhaps others. If I had to record this again, I would bring, well, for the first day, Better Pants. I came in here with my little hoochie daddy shorts on because it's hot outside. <laughs> and baby, this studio was cold. Listen, so And I didn't have like Antarctica. the most comfortable pants in the car because <laughs> I had to go somewhere after. So I was like, oh, I definitely dressed better today for the studio. If we weren't going to record this audiobook, I feel like I would cast Jennifer Lewis because... <gasps> As the mother of Black Hollywood, which is what her book is named, she has just yes. this particular voice, okay? It's a command. You know that Jennifer Lewis is going to know the right intonation, yes. know the right attitude, because she herself is like a griot of our culture. Oh you know what God. I mean? Absolutely. Like, I don't think there's a better answer than that. First of all, that audiobook. Hers? Yeah. Like, so good. I was so excited that she narrated it because she's so perfect for that. Mm. And so, like, Jennifer Lewis, I think, is top tier for this. I actually listen to a lot of audiobooks, and particularly memoirs, I think, are great for the audio vibe because you get to hear the person. And so I would shout out Mariah Carey's memoir that came out, largely because, you know, Mariah Carey got a little budget, right? So they did some, you know, it bells is. and whistles on her audiobook. You hear her singing. You hear other people singing. <laughs> like, it's really good and really, like, transports you into that wild, imaginary space that Mariah Carey lives in that we all are so, you know, <laughs> grateful that she pops her head out of every now and again. My favorite book is The Alchemist. It's voiced by Jeremy Irons, who is the voice of Scar in the Lion King movies. Mm. And so, like, to hear his voice telling this story of The Alchemist, it felt really grand. And, like, he's such a great voice actor. Uh, so, like, I try to revisit that book when I can. But I'm also listening to your book right now in advance of interviewing you. So we see each other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Film. And so <laughs> it's been interesting to, like, listen to you tell your story and, you know, kind of go through the book. And so I'm enjoying We See Each Other as well. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is usually in the car. Like, we live in L.A., so there's always traffic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 30 minutes to get down the street. But that's enough time to get you halfway through a chapter. And then also sometimes, like when I'm in the shower. I like to listen to my audiobooks when I'm at home. I have it set up where I have speakers all throughout the house so that I can be moving around however I want to do, like cleaning up, I'm picking up stuff. I'm very ADHD, so like 
cleaning off the couch in the living room. Cleaning is a good one. Yeah, cleaning off the couch in the living room also means that I'm making my bed, which also means I'm organizing my desk in my office and then also cleaning the bathroom and then back to the couch where I left the things in the first place. And that Mm -hmm. whole time, I'm like listening to an audiobook and learning more about whatever this person is telling us or whatever story is getting shared. And also when I take like long walks. You know, back in my day when it was cleaning time, me, Ma, and them would just put on some gospel song or Or some old school. Yeah, I would say some old school R&B. But now (laughs) to hear that we have transitioned to audiobooks, look at us. Listen, (laughs) What a trajectory. (laughs) (laughs) And now listen to a clip from our audiobook. Do you remember the first time you recognized that Black people speak differently than others? For media personality and journalist Shar Jassel, it was when, at four or five years old, she mistook Lord Have Mercy for Lord Ham Mercy and asked her mom for clarification. That's when I realized things were a bit different, she says, because we had daily oral language as part of our language arts classes in elementary school. But around family and around church, tongues were a little bit more lax. This is Foster Hirsch, the author of Hollywood and the Movies of the 50s, The Collapse of the Studio System, The Thrill of Cinerama, and The Invasion of the Ultimate Body Snatcher, Television. I wrote my book because during the 50s, I was a, I won't say compulsive, but I was a very eager filmgoer. I loved movies from the age of about six or seven. I remember the first time I was in a theater. I just loved the experience. I loved the images on the screen. And I went to movies all the time. I didn't know at the time that eventually I was going to write this book, but I think I sort of did know. So when people say, how long have you been working on the book? I can honestly answer about 70 years. I've been working on it ever since I was a kid, going to see most of these movies I write about now when they first came out in the 50s. The reading presented many challenges, and there were words I realized I had written, but either had never heard pronounced or hadn't pronounced myself. I don't think I'd ever pronounced the word pean, P-A-E-A-N. And when I got to it in the reading, I realized, I don't know what this word sounds like in proper pronunciation. What I certainly enjoyed writing and enjoyed recording was my support for and enthusiasm for two kinds of films that have long been out of favor. The ancient world epic, which was very popular in the 50s, and the over-the-top melodrama for which I have a decided taste. In writing those sections, I really felt I was trying to make a case for these films and to rescue them from obscurity and complete critical dismissal. I don't know if my agenda will be successful. I'm hoping that there'll be some interest in those genres, but it was something that I got off my chest. I wanted to do it, and I'm glad that I did do it. And then in writing it and in reading it, I enjoyed those sections particularly. I prepared to record the audiobook by reading sections out loud, but I wasn't a novice. I did a lot of what was called oral interpretation in high school, and I was a national champion. I was always a good reader or felt comfortable in reading and doing dramatic interpretation, which I think 
is what reading the book was. In effect, I was doing things that I'd done in high school in national competitions. I love the voice of Lowell Thomas, who was the host for This is Cinerama, but he had such a comforting voice and presence, and his voice was, at the time, famous worldwide. It's not a well-known name or voice now, but it's a terrific voice. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. I remember where I sat. I was in the center of the spacious balcony of the Warner Hollywood Theater, an imposing Spanish-style movie palace on Hollywood Boulevard. The date was April 30th, 1953, the second day of what was to be a record-setting, long-run engagement of This is Cinerama, a new widescreen process. Seeing the film is one of my earliest and most memorable movie-going experiences. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.